0: hey guys it's your girl miss g and you know what time it is it's g time it's time to get up get active and get it together my purpose is to give advice encourage change and empower success the goal is for us to grow elevate and excel everyday action is required for change and you have the power to create change i hope you guys are enjoying this month of february this month we have been talking about love if you haven't checked us out on Instagram, make sure you go to Instagram at MrsGTalk. You can also find us at ILoveTherapy661. That is under my friend and great colleague, Mary Loon I'm, a marriage and family therapist. We have come together in this month of February to discuss love. In the first week of February, we, talk, we talked about self love, what self love looks like and really promoting and advocating for loving yourself. It's hard to love other people when you don't know how to love yourself. It's hard to, and then we go into the next subject, um, love languages. It's hard to love people in their love language when we don't know our own love language. It's so important for us to know our love language, to teach people how to love us, to teach ourselves how to love us, and not to minimize or push down the way we need to be loved if your love language is gifts be proud of it i i love getting gifts accept that about yourself if your love language is acts of kindness be okay with that i like for people to do things for me i like acts of kindness i like for you to um surprise me i like for you to help me whatever that looks like for you if your love language is touch Don't feel embarrassed that I like touch, that I like affection, that I like to be close and next to people that I love. I like to snuggle up and hold hands and kiss. It's a part of life. If that's your love language, then be able to communicate to other people. My love language is touch. So I'm a very affectionate person. And I enjoy being next and close to the person that I love. I enjoy hugs. I enjoy long walks on the beach holding hands you know put it in your profile my love language is touch so that your person knows that if you are not a person that likes affection that you might want to keep on scrolling because i like affection be okay with what your love language is explore your love language and again it doesn't mean that just because you are um because you test high in one language Uh, doesn't mean that you don't want any other ones. Explore what those love languages look like. Maybe you've never had an experience in being loved in your love language. That's a great opportunity for you to start loving yourself in that love language. That way, when you get into a relationship, no matter what that relationship is, whether it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, um, whatever, that you teach people that this is what I like, this is what I enjoy. That was our second week. This week, we have ta- we're have we talking about boundaries. And I love me some boundaries. You know why? Because I never get tired of talking about boundaries. Because boundaries will never go out of style. Because we will always continue to learn how to set healthy boundaries. It's like communication. I can talk about communication with people and clients and family and friends forever. Because communication is one of those skills, one of those tools that I don't care how good you are at it. There will always be someone to test you in your communication skills, and you can always learn something else. You can always learn to be better at communicating. We are creatures of habit. We learn from where we learn. We know how to communicate from what we watched, what we experienced, what we saw growing up, how someone communicated with us. And we have what we call automatic responses. We are automatic sometimes because that's what comes natural to us. Learning how to communicate effectively learning how to communicate healthy. That's something that we grow into. That's something that we learn, which is like any skill. If you're learning something, the more you do it, the more you practice it, the more you use it, the more you apply it, the better you become at it. That doesn't mean that you won't sometimes fall back into that automatic response of how you used to communicate, how you learn how to communicate, because that's what came to you first. We can always get better at communication. There is no such thing or no such person as a perfect communicator. You show me somebody that communicates perfectly and I show you a liar. There's no such thing. We all fall short. We all have moments where we might be a little too passionate. Where that passion overtakes a level of comfort in a conversation where it starts to build some type of animosity or some type of friction some type of um disharmony is that how you say it i want to say that where we're not in harmony anymore where we're not really listening to one another it could be dangerous because if i'm passionate about something and i and i believe it i can reach a level where to the listener, it says, wait a minute, you at a 10, I need you at a 2, bring it back down. Bring it back down, boo, bring it down. And we have to say that sometimes. I have to tell myself, wait a minute, I'm at a 10, bring it down to a 4, for a 4. 4 is my, I, I can do a 4. <laughs> and then maybe after a 4, okay, I'll go back down to a 2. All right, all right. The heart rate has um, reset. We have a normal heart rate right now. I can feel that my tone is back to leveled. Um, let me take a deep breath. You know what? Let me even take a timeout. Lord, have mercy. Take a timeout. I'm not a child. So, do you know that taking a timeout in a conversation that has gotten heated is important? That it is normal? That we should normalize taking a timeout instead of continuing to have such a volatile, dangerous conversation where no one's hearing one another? That's not healthy. No, let's just keep talking until we get this thing right. No, we have reached a level where we're not listening to one another. We have reached a level where I statements went out the window. We have reached a level where we're no longer effectively listening and using active listening skills. We are not being receptive to what's being said. So guess what? We need to pause on this conversation so that we can take a deep breath. We can process what's being said you know what else we may even need to bring in a third party and say you know what i'm i seem to be hitting a roadblock in this communication in this conversation with another person i need to know where i'm falling short where i'm missing the mark tell me and you know this is what i love about healthy supportive people this is what i love about your support system this is what i love about having somebody that loves you and and loves you to to your love your fault your falls and your flaws as well right to say chris chris now if you call me chris you know me <laughs> if you call me miss g you probably just listening to me on uh instagram but if you call me chris you got my attention you like chris chris and i'm like what what What? Chris You at a 10, I need you at a 2 You at a 10, I need you at a 2 You're right, you're right That's what Learning how to communicate looks like That's what applying the skills of communication looks like You're not going to always be perfect at it You're not going to always walk out of a conversation saying That was wonderful We did wonderful with that. No, it's like, oh, crap. (sighs) Let me go and look at some of these tools again because that one right there, that one took me by surprise. I wasn't ready for that one. So how does that tie into our boundaries? Well, we talked about physical boundaries. We talked about emotional boundaries. We talked about mental boundaries. We talked about material boundaries. And we talked about physical boundaries. I hope I didn't repeat one. Yesterday, it was really important as me and, um, Marriage and Family Therapist Mary Loon discuss what mental boundaries look like and and I'm going to pull it up again so that I can review it just in case you haven't heard it mental boundaries and when we talk about what that looks like mental boundaries can look like being responsible for your personal thought process we're not going to always see eye to eye with another person it's just not possible we're not going to always agree. And that's where we fall on dangerous terms. That's where we fall in toxic positivity. When we are fed this wonderful roses and peaches and cream and rainbows and butterflies type of communication where we're always going to agree with one another. That is not true. We're not going to always agree with someone. We're not going to always see eye to eye. We're not going to always believe the same thing someone else believes. We're not going to always learn the same way someone else learns. We're going to have different values. We're going to have different beliefs. We're going to have different thoughts. We're going to have different opinions. You know the best relationships that I have with people are people that I differ from? I have met so many people in this field. We don't come from the same religious background. We don't come from the same cultural background. We don't come from the same school and education, right? Some of us went to HBUs. Did I say that right? Historical Black. HBCUs, Historical, historical Black College. You know what I mean, right? Some of us went there. Some of us went to uh, Pepperdine. Some of us went overseas. Some of us went to the military. Some of us didn't go to college, right? I have friends of all walks of life. Some of us didn't graduate high school that doesn't mean that we can't be friends because we come from different educational backgrounds because we come from different religions because we come from different cultural backgrounds you know again some of my best closest friends come from different walks of life what makes us good with one another is that we respect each other's differences. That mental boundary, right? Not, not trying to gaslight or manipulate or change someone because it fits what I want them to fit into. Because I want you to believe what I believe. Because I want you to see things the way I see things. No, guess what? This is what I feel. If I'm doing my job right, if I'm walking in my purpose, if I'm walking in my belief, if I'm walking in my value, you can differ from me and still pick up a healthy trait. Because of something that you see in me. Doesn't mean that you have to change who you are. Or what you believe. But you might pick up something different. Just by something that I'm doing differently. I mean I've learned. One of my my good therapist friends from back in the day. I remember sitting down at lunch with her one day. And she was telling me about her religion. And she was telling me about some cultural practices that she has. And there was something that was so interesting to me. I love this room. This room that only... You can come into with a peaceful mind and attitude. I don't want to say with a peaceful mind and attitude, but the room was full of peace. Meaning this was a, a very empty room that you went into with a, uh, you can go into it with a heavy heart. You can go into it with an open heart, a joyful heart, whatever. But this room was a sacred room. That's the better word. It was a sacred room. A, wor- a, a room where you can pray a room where you can meditate, a room where you can be away from every distraction possible because nothing was in the room. Just you, your thoughts, your beliefs, your God, your 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 meditation, whatever. And I thought that was so awesome. I was like, "Really? You have a whole room dedicated to this? Nothing's in the room." She's like, "No, just um, well, there were things in the room, but there were comforting things in the room like big pillows and um, things where you can have the white noise and something where you can be at peace. And I was like, that's so dope, right? That was part of her culture. That was part of something that it was religious for her. And I was like, I love that. Now, we don't share the same belief, but we can we can still pick up on something healthy from one another. That's what... Having a mental boundary, it's not that I'm just going to go because you say that this is what your belief is. I now have the same belief that you have. It's not just because you say that this is your thought process, this is your opinion, this is the way you handle it, this is the way you do things, that I now have to do it that way. No, I want you to respect the way that I do things, and I'm going to respect the way you do things. I'm not going to try to manipulate and gaslight you into doing the things that I want you to do. That's That's not healthy. And if we don't see that, it can become a violation of our mental boundary. When someone tries to change who you are to fit their need, to make them feel better. Now, granted, I may be supporting you and getting healthier, but I need to know what that looks like for you, not what it looks like for me. What does that look like for you? What would you like me to support you in? What would you like me to help you in? I don't want you to take on my persona. I don't want you to take on my thought process. I don't want you to take on being Miss G. I want you to be you. And the only way I can know how to support you in that is if you know what you want, if you know what you need. So setting that healthy boundary means I actually have to know what my boundary is. We gave the definition of boundary yesterday. Boundaries is setting a limit and letting people know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable for you. What's acceptable for you mentally? What's acceptable for you emotionally? What's acceptable for you physically? What's acceptable for you materially? Materialistically. I ain't no English major, okay? <laughs> <laughs> What's acceptable for you? Is it acceptable for you to help a friend out every now and then materially, meaning, or financially? Is it acceptable for you to get $20 here and there? Or is it acceptable for you to pay their rent every month? To pay their electric bill? To give them gas every week? To let them stay at your house? To let them borrow your car? To let them come over and eat every day? What's acceptable? Do you know what's acceptable? Maybe you grew up in a family where that boundary wasn't set. People were able to come as they please and go. You know, people were able to come and eat whenever they want. Sleep. At your home whenever they want. Borrow your car. Borrow your mama and daddy car. um, Ask for money as they please. And it was acceptable for your parents. It was acceptable for the environment and the lifestyle that you lived growing up. But maybe that's not acceptable for you. Maybe that doesn't work for you. Maybe you say, "Uh uh-uh, ain't happening. No thank you. If you say that, then you have to set that boundary. Nobody knows what your boundary is until you set it. Maybe I'm thinking that you just like your grandma. You just like your mama. You just like your family. Hey, I grew up knowing this about this family. But you say, you know what? That's my mama. My mama cool with you coming over any time you feel like it. Showing up in the middle of the night, asking for money, wanting to borrow the car. That's my mama's heart. That's my mama's love language. She cool with it. That ain't mine. I need you to give me a heads up before you come over. I'm not comfortable with giving you money every week. I'm not okay with letting you borrow my car. It doesn't work for me standing at my house more than a day. You have to be able to know what that boundary looks like for you. If you don't know it, no one else will know it. You have to set those terms. No one else can set them for you. How do I do that? Well, listen to your emotions. Listen to your feelings. Listen to how it makes you feel and if you're comfortable with it, if that's what works for you, then that's what works for you. But if there's something else that, that, that's telling you this doesn't work for me, you have to set it and you have to say it so someone else can know it. We don't know what we don't know. I don't know that I'm, I'm violating a boundary of yours if you don't set it. That's what mental boundaries can look like. It is important to give and receive respect when it comes to mental boundaries. Like I said before, we're not going to be perfect at this. There's no such thing. I'm a therapist. I do this every day of the week. Well, not right now. I'm on leave. But this is something that I've learned. This is something that I teach. This is something that I have adapted to. This is something that I continue to educate myself on week after week after week after week because I know it's important. But let me tell you, I'm human too. I have automatic responses, too. And not all the time in the heat of the moment are we saying, oh, this is my automatic response. We just going with it. I have to take timeouts. I have to say, you know what? This isn't healthy. I need to stop. I need to put a pause here. I'm putting myself in timeout. I got my chair. I'm, turning, I'm facing the wall because I need a moment. I need a moment to process what I'm feeling, to process my thoughts, to process what's going on. And to take a deep breath so I can come back and use some healthy skills. That's what that looks like. That's what my boundaries look like for me. What does it look like for you? There were some things that I talked about on Instagram today. Talked about being the bigger person. Oh, I love that. I love be the bigger person. We hear that all the time. Be the bigger person. Take the high road. When they go low, you go high. We hear that all the time, right? Especially once it became a famous saying. (laughs) When they go low, you go high. What does that look like? Because as a mental health therapist, sometimes that looks like being passive to me. Sometimes that looks like suppression to me. It looks like not being your true authentic self. It looks dangerous to me. Because if you are always taking the high role, because it's something you learn to do, you learn to let it go, you learn to not engage, you learn to not deal with conflict, that tells me that you're not learning how to express your emotions in a healthy way. You're learning to suppress your emotions. Because you haven't been given the skills to express your emotions in a healthy way. Now, there are some times where the bigger person may look like i don't want to engage in this toxic unhealthy conversation because i know that it's not going anywhere that may look like setting a boundary that doesn't always mean that you ha- you're being passive maybe it's taking the skill set that you've learned and saying you know what this isn't healthy we need to put a pin in this because we're not doing either one of us a favor at this moment You know, we work with couples all the time. I haven't seen too many couple sessions where we come in there and we hold hands. And we talk to one another in a calm manner. And we say, I feel because. And the other person says, what I heard you say is, you feel because you need. I got you, babe. Yeah, that's probably like session 12. But session one is like, what you say? See, you always doing that. That's what I mean. (laughs) Session one, we got all the unhealthy um, communication skills. We are so ineffective on session one. We like, you see what I mean? You see what I mean? You hear what I'm saying? You heard it, right? Right. Tell them I'm right. Tell them I'm right. (laughs) And the therapist is going, what in the world? Hmm. This isn't healthy how am i going to teach these two people how to communicate in a healthy way with one another so that when they leave here in a few sessions they can actually hear one another because it ain't gonna happen today today they're not hearing one another so i'm gonna have to reevaluate and change the dynamic because they're gonna go home mad they're gonna go home mad and they're gonna continue this conversation let me set a boundary right now Let me take out my handy-dandy communication wand and let me give it to you and say, hey, when you're speaking, you're not. When they're speaking, you're not. Whoever has the handy-dandy communication wand, that's the person who's speaking. It's your role to be the speaker. And if you're not holding the wand, it's your role to be the listener. does that look like well i'm going to teach you how to speak in a healthy way so that person can listen in a healthy way and i'm going to teach you how to listen in a healthy way so that person can speak in a healthy way because if you're cutting them off when they're speaking you're not listening if you're using accusatory use statements when you're speaking they're not listening see what i mean it's not always peaches and cream and rainbows and butterflies sometimes we gotta go like that you're talking to me like that another person says what and then again session six session 12 we're like oh that was so awesome we learned so many things (laughs) it's a process y'all learning boundaries learning how to set your boundaries just because you heard us say it last this week you heard it on monday doesn't mean today on wednesday you are now perfect at it it's about applying the skill. It's about using the skill. It's about learning the skill. The more you learn, the more you apply it, the better you become at it. You have the power to create change. So that's what we're talking about, y'all. We're talking about boundaries this week. Tell me what you think about this. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And um, communicate. Feedback. I want to talk to you about boundaries this week. You have the power to create change. It's G time, y'all. It's time to get up, get active, and get it together. Have a blessed day.